Hello, everybody. Hi out there. Oh my gosh, as far as I can see, there are you guys. Yeah, spiritually. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Here. Where are you? You're in the garden. The garden of what? The garden of Eden. It means the presence and the pleasure and the delight of the God of the garden. That's right. No, you are not dead. Where's your physical body? It is somewhere else. Yeah. Could be asleep. Could be just doing your daily work. Could be in a hospital. Could be dying. You could be in the womb of a woman. You could be a little infant sleeping. Could be a child just crying. You could be an adult that's not very well healthily. You could be in your daily prayers. Mm -hmm. On your knees. You could be in a church service somewhere. Could be in a business meeting, on an airplane, on a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. Your physical body is still here. It may not be in very good shape, but as long as that heart's beating, whether it needs some help or not, you are still on planet Earth. Yes, who am I? I'm Pastor Deborah. I'm the shepherd. Of this place. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. We have been teaching a wonderful class called Helping People the Lord's Way. We're beginning lesson number three. In these classes, you are learning about me, Pastor Deborah, and how I went. From a mental health counselor to helping people spiritually, like all of you out here, the Lord's way. I didn't know how to help you. I didn't know anything when I got started, but I studied hard. I went as fast as I could because I knew that God was in a hurry to help you, to reach you, to touch you, so I could tell you about him. He was in a hurry. He needed me to grow up quickly and fast and understand. I had to go through lots of prayer and fasting, a lot of tests and trials. I had to hold under great pressure. Even being attacked by a young lady in my own home who I was trying to help, who she was coming down, or at least her physical body was, and her mother inside of her body, and a demonic spirit with a pair of scissors. They had me frozen by a spell. 
unable to move, cry out, even though my husband was right down that hallway, sleeping, and my son was downstairs, eating. The scissors were coming down to kill me. Why did they want to do that, you ask? God had revealed to me a hidden truth about this young lady. Her name was Amanda, and her mother's name was Deborah. Isn't that strange? They had grown up in what you call multi-generational Satanism. And you learned in lesson number two a lot about our ancestors from Pastor Deborah's life and how their lives, way, way back, can still affect you, even now today. So this young girl, Amanda, she was a product of her mother's egg and her mother's brothers. His name was Isaac. Both Deborah and Isaac are in heaven now. And here's their story that I'd like to tell you before we get into lesson three. Both of them, especially were Deborah and Isaac, were brought up, born into what you call multi-generational Satanism. Their ancestors, way, way, way back, were born into this. And what is it? It is the very spiritually elite who serve as high priest, kings, priestesses, queens, breeding stock for Satan. Satan has decided to have his kings spiritually on earth and to develop the system that God always wanted. This Deborah and Isaac, their clan, their tribe, was called the Black Forest Tribe or clan. Came out of Germany. In fact, Isaac was a product of Nazi Germany. He was one of the labor-born children, a product of an SS soldier and some woman, and raised to be something. Deborah, Amanda's mother, grew up in the Deep South, not very well educated. You wouldn't know by looking at them that they were anything special. Deborah never finished high school. Isaac was allowed as a male to go to college, get a degree, and work out in society. The men were to be the workers. They controlled the money. They paid for the apartments, the homes of the women. In Pastor Deborah's journey, in learning how to help people the Lord's way, I had to learn about deep spiritual families, ancestors, and in lesson two, you learned a lot about Pastor Deborah's ancestors. Yeah, you remember? 
I had an ancestor on my father's side from Northern Ireland. That's right. And there was a lady who had had sex with a Druid high priest. And this Druid high priest wanted this firstborn male child of this woman to be a sacrifice unto the Druid's king and God. Which happened to be Satan, that's right, that's right. She wanted it, though. It was her firstborn. Must have been a cute little thing. So she made a covenant and a contract with Satan to keep it. But she made an oath by blood, even by pricking the little baby's finger or something, <clears throat> made a contract with Satan and the Druids that they could have her firstborn male grandson in four generations. That was the deal. And that turned out to be my older brother, biologically. This curse did its work on my brother. Now, he's in heaven, too. So is my mother and my father. They were my biological family. And you can hear all about that in lesson number two. So how were these scissors coming to kill me? What was the reason? I was trying to help Amanda. I never showed anything but love towards her mother, who I knew a lot about. She never told me. Amanda told me in letters that I still have. God revealed much. So in this case, God revealed to me a hidden truth. And I told it to Amanda. It was about her mother and her biological father, Isaac. How it worked in multi-generational Satanism is that the father was to marry his daughter, incest, and produce a child. So what had happened was Amanda's mother, when she was a younger person in this world, had had sex with her brother. She had a baby. It was a male. And what happened was he was so cute. This mother, Deborah, knew what the abuse and torture was going to be for this male child. She had previously gotten saved at maybe the age of between 12 and 15. And she believed in this Christ Jesus in some deep part of herself. She didn't want this precious boy to grow up and be horribly abused, infested with, possessed with demonic spirits. So she killed it. God didn't reveal to me how. The child was probably maybe five years old or less. Well, that infuriated Satan. And Deborah and Isaac were ordered to create another child. Satan wanted his king from them that would eventually grow up and take the place in this black forest clan 
as the high king and leader and be able to sort of say a breeding stock. In Satanism, the men were the breeding stock to produce physical bodies that would be infested, possessed by, owned by Satan. So what had happened, Amanda did not know this. She was conceived in a satanic ritual in front of everybody. She gets born because Isaac and Deborah had to have a, a male child. Deborah already had an older child, a female. That wouldn't do. Satan wanted a male that he could use as a king and would take that place. So Amanda was born, and that wasn't going to satisfy Satan. He needed this child, Amanda, to be thinking like, acting like a man, a boy, to dress like it, so he could infest and he could take her, Amanda's eggs and sort of purify them more to be a part of a breeding stock for Satanism. So I told Amanda that this was what happened. And then I told her why she had so many multiple personalities and why she had to act as a male, a boy. When she was very young, Amanda, Isaac had been a high king of the Black Forest Clan, a programmer. He would take children out in California somewhere, and over time, he would so abuse them with sex and drugs and fear of death and torture that they would create personalities. They would disassociate and he would program the disassociative parts. This was normal for Satanism. He, there was to be a dark side part that served Satan and a light side part. And in the light side part, you could have a Christian. You could have an Islamic jihadist. You could have anything that just kind of looked like regular society, business person. But spiritually, they were something else. So what happened was I told her this about her mother, and it hurt her deeply. She broke down in tears. She realized her mother never really loved her. And she found out that the only way she could stay out of trouble was when they called her by a boy's name. And she dressed as a boy and acted as a boy, not as the little girl that she was. And it hurt her, devastated her, that her mother did not love her as a female, as a girl, as herself. She did not know why she had to be a boy. She did not know this backstory. Pastor Deborah was privileged to learn this through God. Of course, he knows. So what happened was she told me she found out 
and she realized that every time she acted as this boy, she dressed as it, she wore her hair like it, she did the things that a male should do, she didn't get into so much trouble. But when she tried to be herself, a female, and be beautiful, which she was, she got in lots of trouble. The programming was complete, but God had touched this young woman. In fact, I was privileged to lead her to the Lord when she was just 14, a few days before her 15th birthday. Mm -hmm. I think it was like uh, October something. Her birthday was, oh dear, I think her birthday was October the 27th. I think I met her on October the 8th, something like that. Can't remember. That was back in 1998. She was 14. God started touching her, healing her, changing her. And yet mom and dad, Deborah and Isaac, they were devastated. Amanda got in so much trouble for getting saved. They couldn't kill her. She was a chosen one. Her eggs were chosen. So they killed a six-year-old girl in a satanic meeting. Somebody was going to die and pay for this. More torture, more abuse. Because Amanda and Isaac were to bring forth a child, father, Mary, daughter, incest, and create one of the false prophets that would come along with the Antichrist, sort of a cousin like John the Baptist was to Christ Jesus. The patterns that you study in the Bible of family and family relationships. Satan goes, that's the perfect pattern and model, and I will follow that. So Amanda was to bring forth one of the false prophets like John the Baptist. And he was to be a cousin of the Antichrist that was coming. So these eggs and sperm were very special to Satan. The programming that Isaac had to do within Amanda through abuse and torture and drugs was very important. So this night, when she found this out, it devastated her. That these two people, who she loved, she knew she was to marry her father, Isaac. She didn't want to. That caused a lot of problems. She wanted him to be a loving father to her. And it hurt her so much about her mother. Because when a mother rejects you as, as you are and allows you to be abused and tortured and you don't feel safe or protected, it is the worst child abuse to a child ever. The rejection and abandonment of mama. So she went to bed, devastated. A little while later, I'm at my desk. You can see the desk, I think, maybe right behind me, studying. She came out, but it, her physical body came out. She stood in front of me and said, You will not move, you will not speak. But it wasn't her. But I didn't know that. I stood up. I was frozen. I couldn't talk. I couldn't move. Some kind of spell or caging thing had been put on me. 
Now, God allowed this. He allowed my husband to stay asleep back there. He allowed my son not to come upstairs. He was eating. So I said quietly, this is a test that all people who truly want to serve God will have to take. I said in my head, because I couldn't open my mouth, I could not move. She was bigger than me, so I couldn't fight her. She was like five, nine, maybe 300 pounds. I could not fight her off. I was frozen, paralyzed. It wasn't due to fear. It was due to a demonic spell or something. So I said in my spirit to God, God, if it's time, that's all right. Take me quickly and I will see you. I was at peace on the inside, was not afraid of dying. So I'm sort of talking to God. Soon as I finish that, I hear the Holy Spirit say, That is not Amanda. And something broke. And I said out loud, You are not Amanda. I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Her body shook. She grabbed a statue and threw it down. Sun doesn't come up. Husband doesn't wake up. The scissors go flying down. They were coming down just like this. They were almost on my heart. I knew it was Amanda's mother in her body and a demon. Because this truth of who was doing this had been revealed to me spiritually. She pushed me. She grabbed my glasses, not these, tore them, and went back to her room. The next day, she comes out and she asked me, this was Amanda, and she said, are you going to call the police on me? I go, no. She says, you know, you could because that was assault and battery, an attempted murder in my own home, simply for finding out some hidden truth. I said, no, Amanda. It may have been your biological body, but it was not you spiritually. It was your mother, because they had knocked her out spiritually, and her consciousness, and it was a demon. But it was not you spiritually. When I have those experiences, I learn about you guys. I learn about your spiritual hearts. Amanda loved me, still does. I am her spiritual mother. Oh, she's not doing well in the world. Her mother's dead now. Her father, Isaac, is gone. But before any of this happened, they had taken Amanda's eggs, Isaac's sperm, put it in a Petri disc, conceived a child. His name was Hans. I met Hans when he was five years old. He was in England living with his grandfather. Powerful, powerful man. Yes, I got Hans saved and his friend Gavin. Now they're still in, but they're working from deep on the inside. They have this love of God. Mm -hmm. And they are wonderful spiritual people when they're sort of in their right mind. Did a lot of work. You'll read 
a lot about that, about Gavin, in the story on the website called I Will Take Your Burdens as Christ Took Mine. I have a pacemaker because of Gavin and his story. Excellent. You go read it. So I want to get into this lesson, lesson number three. And I want to let you know, yes, there are bad people here. They have not yet been touched by this love. There are here people who have been here before. And you learn a lot about my life and the trials and what I've been through. And what does that do? You can trust me to help you spiritually. I'm not your Savior. My words don't do it. God is flowing through me on the words. Oh, he has had been with Pastor Deborah. He has saved me many, many times. Because I just had it yesterday. I'm in my kitchen, minding my own business. I do lots of prayers against Satan and his kingdom to stop what he's doing. But I also pray for the people who are serving him to get saved, get touched. So a high demon came through a political activist that's been in the news lately. And he came to me and he said, how dare I block him? Okay. I had just seen this person on the news. So what happened? I go, that's my job. You lost on the cross. You lost fair and square. You don't have the keys and the authority to this earth anymore. Pastor Deborah does. Now be gone. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Bright light just burst out of Pastor Deborah. And that thing left. What had I blocked? I don't know. I'm praying against God's adversary. I'm praying against his success. I'm binding up his work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you block him by getting somebody saved. I block him by God drawing you guys here to the garden for lessons and prayers. So these are some of Pastor Deborah's stories from learning how to help people the way of the mental health world, psychology, medication, treatment facilities, mm -hmm, to helping people spiritually. And I want to begin this lesson, lesson number three. Is there anyone here who would like to pray for all of us so we will learn and grow today? Okay, you way back there. If everybody would just sit silently. No, you don't have to bow your heads. You can just sit and listen. The Lord's presence will magnify the voice so we can all hear. I'll bow my head. And then when you're finished, little one, I'll close us out, okay? You go right ahead. Wonderful. Uh, that is just such a beautiful prayer, and I know God will answer it. Father, we thank you 
that your heart's desires of Isaiah 61 and 62 are being fulfilled in their ears today, in their hearing, and that the victory you had on the cross is still being fulfilled. It is still beaming out in great glory. And Satan is still defeated. Oh, he still raises his head, Father. We know that. But spiritually behind the scenes, you are at work. Your word is always working. And your Holy Spirit is always with us here. And those two and your blood from the cross are at work. Father, you are always working. You are doing your work of your heart's desire. You are fulfilling your works that you have decreed and proclaimed. Isaiah 61 and 62. Over all humanity and the earth. We thank you for helping us as we learn and grow today. One more little lesson in helping people. The Lord's way. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In getting started in lesson number three. Of helping people. The Lord's way. I want to do a quick and short review. Of lesson number two. Lesson number two. If you weren't here. It will be up on the website soon. And on YouTube. In lesson number two. I was talking about and teaching about my Pastor Deborah's spiritual ancestors and how the effects of one person four generations back affected a person in my family. I taught about how my mother's family and what she brought into the marriage Bitterness, unforgiveness, hate, jealousy was brought into her parenting. And my father, who lost her mother, he doesn't know if she ran away, died, was mentally ill. He was Catholic. So his father could never remarry. They never knew she was still alive. So I always had somebody in my life named Betty Smulligan, who was a friend of my father's father. I never met my father's father. Mm-mm. He was already dead time I came along. But what I wanted you to learn was the effect of our ancestors. Even four generations back. How it affects you physically, emotionally, and spiritually today. That's right. Also, I think I told you how that would go back even farther and how when I was learning how to help people the Lord's way, I had to learn about these curses, our ancestors, how to bind their works, their oaths, their curses, the effects of what they did, the vows they took to free the person I was working with. If you remember, if you may not, the story goes, this lady had had sex in a satanic ritual with a druid high priest in Northern Ireland. And a child, a male child, her firstborn, Satan wanted it to sacrifice it, kill it. Male children, the firstborn, which is a pattern after Christ Jesus, the firstborn of Mary, was sacrificed. 
the firstborn is a powerful position and she wanted it. She didn't want to kill it. So she made an oath, a contract to have her firstborn male child in four generations rejected and abandoned, sacrificed by its mother instead of this child she had just had. The stage was set. The ages went by. The contract and the covenant was there working, working, working. And when my brother, who was four years older than me, was born, he was it. He was the sacrifice. Rejection and abandonment began early. Mm -hmm. The oath, the contract she took, went into effect. Satan is a great keeper of records. He has books. He has long, good memories. Mm -hmm. He doesn't forget anything. He waits patiently. He learned that by God. God is a patient waiter. God will wait generations. He will wait till one generation dies out to get the children and use them. Mm -hmm. So Satan became and waited four generations for the firstborn male. Now, this is Pastor Deborah's personal story. She lived in that family. Did I know any of this? No. You won't know that about your family either. You won't know what four, five generations, ten, what your ancestors promised about you, what they said, what they promised, what vows they took. Yeah. So I was teaching you in learning how to help people the Lord's way. You must study your own ancestors, your lineage. You have to see it in yourself first. Then you will be able to see it in other people. So the contract for my brother, it lay dormant, sort of. But it was always there, working, working, maneuvering people to get married. Getting the right people together, working, always waiting, 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 sort of guiding and leading people, mm -hmm. families, okay? Because it was waiting to have its fulfillment. Rejection and abandonment hit when this child was conceived in the womb. Satan already knew it was a male. It even started there. Started in early infancy. Mm -hmm. And it kept going. Time I was born four years later, this covenant, this contract, this oath was being fulfilled. Brother had problems. Felt rejected and abandoned. Didn't know any of this till my mother was dying in my home. Right over there, by the way. And my brother was sitting with her pretty much when she died. And he walked away and said, I feel like she's abandoning me and rejecting me again. I go, she's dying. She can't help it. He says, I don't care. That is how I feel. And I go, where did that come from? How long had this... Rejection and abandonment been going on. 
Where was its beginnings? If you don't ask those kind of questions about yourself and your family, okay? And I'll give you a little bit of history. There is a nation right now that's in great trouble. A lot of war going on for control of the nation. When that nation was invaded, I don't know, 50 years ago by another nation, some of the children were taken to safety in another country. They were brought up in extreme religion, brought up to be terrorists. And when this other nation left, finally gave up the nation they had just invaded, the children went home. By this time, they are well indoctrinated, programmed by this extreme religion and faith to take that country that they came from back into a deep darkness of slavery, back into, like, say, the 17th century, back. They would kill to do it. They would control the schools and education. Now what's occurring is they're coming back again. And I just told somebody, the mother of this group is wanting her children to take over the nation. The mother is a demonic spirit that took these orphan kids in when this other nation invaded it, raised them up, groomed them, but waited patiently for that land. That's what kings do. Demonic kings. Even Pastor Deborah wants more territory. More hearts and souls. Not land. The earth already belongs to Pastor Deborah. It's given to me by the Lord who created it. I'm to manage it. The territory that this God of helping people his way. He desires for your heart and your mind and your thoughts to have a new culture, to be educated, to be out of ignorance and darkness about him and his kingdom. So now there is this reemergence of these terrorists in their own land because Mama, the mother of other nation, wants that territory. And they've been patiently waiting for another country and nation to leave. And they are leaving. And the current government is so weak, they're powerless. Because this mama, she's got the backing of powerful demonic spirits. They're going to take the land and expand the territory. That's going on today. So in this lesson, I learned about ancestors. The ancestors that are now maybe 50 years, 20 years in this other nation. You're dealing with their children. Mm -hmm. They've been waiting, patiently waiting for another nation to leave and get out of it. It's not yours. They've just been waiting. Just like this curse on Pastor Deborah's brother waiting for four generations waiting but always working behind the scenes so 
it took my brother out mentally and emotionally. He's dead now. He's in heaven. In fact, I'm the last one standing of my own family. So in lesson two, we were hearing from Pastor Deborah my story. You were learning about me. Because I believe my story is not any different than yours. And you need to be able to look back at your ancestors and learn how they are still affecting you. The oaths they took, the vows they took, words they spoke in prayer, prayers they prayed. They take blood contracts. Mothers vow things in their hearts. Fathers make vows to themselves in their hearts. You must learn that so that you can begin to see how much it has affected you in your biological body from their genes in your subconscious part of you called your heart, your soul, and your spirit. Let's get into lesson number three. In this lesson of helping people the Lord's way, I just want to begin to introduce to you the many spiritual needs I discovered out of learning how to help people the Lord's way. You will not hear about this in the ways of the world, in psychology, mental health counseling, social work, or even in your religious teachings. It's not there. Number one. We have to learn about the contracts, the oaths, the vows of our ancestors. They do affect us. And they control us. And we have to live by them. Even if we don't know that. Number two. We have to know about our spiritual wounds that need binding up. We need to know how these oaths and our ancestors have affected our soul, our teaching, and our training. You will hear about in many nations that girls are not allowed to go to school because the men of a certain religion believe women are not to be educated. Where is that in history? Where did that come from? Is that from... A particular religion, a faith, a time long ago in the past? If you're not asking those questions, why do I believe what I believe? Is this the truth? Why am I afraid of women being educated? Why is education for anybody such a powerful threat? To me, to the government. So you have to know also how that the culture, your religion, your family, your community, how does that affect you? Did it come through the ancestors? Where did it begin? You have to sit and ask these questions. Number three. You need to know, you need to spiritually hear about freedom and healing 
for you spiritually. How do you know you're even sick? What is spiritual sickness? What does it mean when you help people the Lord's way? What is the Lord trying to help? What part of us? Our physical body? Our soul? Our spirit? What's the role of religion, faith, prayers in our lives? What is spiritual healing? Why do we pray? Why are we seeking a God for help? Got to ask these questions. Number four, we need to come to know and believe that we spiritually have been in spiritual prisons. We've been in locked cells, darkened dungeons, put down in deep wells, covered over. We've been tied to the walls, beaten and raped. We need to know that about ourselves spiritually. And we need to know also that this prison door now has been opened. And there are no guards around. They were taken away a long time ago. And you can come out. You need to hear that. But when you look, you see a closed door. You may not even be aware that you are spiritually in a prison. When you get back to your body, all spiritual things may just go away. You may have thought you had a dream. A weird thought. Maybe you were hearing voices. Some voice from a pastor, Deborah. And you just get back into your normal routine of the soul. Just doing what you're supposed to do. That's all. What you've been trained to do, programmed to do. That's all. Number five. You need to hear that you have been spiritually blind to truth, agape love, to healing. To the kingdom of heaven, to the Holy Spirit, to the word of God, to peace and love and joy. You have been blind to all of that by the darkness, by ignorance, by the veil and the foreskin of the flesh. You have lived by the lust of your eyes, the lust of your flesh and the pride of life. You have been lied to. You have to learn. Deceived. You have been in a deep spiritual sleep. In trances. Not awake. You need to know that. And what Pastor Deborah had to learn was these conditions about you spiritually. Inside a dirt body. And when I was thrown into helping people the Lord's way. I was thrown right into multi-generational Satans, witches, high priests, leaders of all the nations, thrown into homosexuality, thrown into the drug cartels, all the hard stuff. I didn't know anything about it. I realized that most of these people didn't know God, and they were on their way somewhere else 
besides the garden and this lovely place called heaven in eternity. So I studied. You have to learn you are blind and you don't know about them. You'll be afraid of it, afraid you'll get in trouble. You'll feel the bullying, the threatening, the intimidations, even spiritually, in your soul and physically. If you even turn your thoughts, your heart towards this light, towards Pastor Deborah, towards this God that I serve, that helps people his way. And you need to learn that you do have a spiritual sight. But it's blinded. It cannot perceive truth. When it's in your soul, your soul will repel it. It is foolishness to it. It will go into religion. And it will think that all of its prayers it's doing, its rituals, its pilgrimages are spiritual. They're not. Because later on you'll learn that the God Pastor Deborah serves, the God of Isaiah 61, 62, helping people the Lord's way, he's looking for your spirit to worship and serve him, to communicate with him spiritually, not in the flesh. So you have a lot to learn. Number six, you need to know That you are spiritually bruised deep on the inside of your spirit, of your thoughts. You sort of have like a brain aneurysm. You've been hit and you have no spiritual health within your spirit that can hold anything. You have pain. You have weaknesses. And there is spiritual medicine for it. Mm-hmm. You need to hear that. Number seven, you need to spiritually learn and know you need to be spiritually comforted, loved on. You need to feel spiritually safe in loving arms, just as a little, little baby. Sometimes I just put the little spirit And I just love on the head. Just talk to it. They feel safe when they're in loving spiritual arms. The milk I give you is clean and pure. It's not poison. It's not tainted with drugs. And you will fall asleep. You will wake up. You'll drink more. Just like a little baby. And you need to know that you need to have that. At the beginning of your walk, you need to know that you need to be filled with joy of being loved. Feeling safe, wanted, not rejected or abandoned by a loving mother. The worst abuse to a child is the rejection and abandonment emotionally, physically, of a mama when a mother aborts her baby for whatever reasons murders it kills it that is rejection abandonment murder killing 
The baby was produced by an egg of the female, a sperm. It's forming the physical body to hold the spirit. That is not a sin. The baby did nothing. It got formed. But the mother has been given legal right to legally murder it, kill it, destroy it. So the spirit cannot enter into the earth. Everybody loves to celebrate their birthday. But nobody thinks about all the little babies that get aborted, that never get a chance to have a happy birthday. Their spirits do not get to come out into the earth. They were never given a choice, a chance. And some of them, if they make it out after an attempted abortion, the doctors are given legal rights to kill it. Just let it sit there on the table, lay there, and destroy it. Because that baby is just a product. It produces stem cells. It produces chemicals. Body parts are sold for research and medicine. So it is a big business selling baby parts. Selling the stem cells, the umbilical cords, the blood. It's a renewable source. You go watch the movie The Matrix. When Neo found out that babies were grown and taken into the matrix computer for their energy for the machines, they were hooked up. And when he saw this, it will break your heart, the devastation of what is done to control a human being for another's purpose. You go study how abortion got started. It's nothing new in humanity. Killing babies in the womb, cutting them out alive, eating their hearts in satanic meetings. The blood in the child is innocent and pure in both God's eyes and Satan's eyes. Now, Satan considers every baby his They were part of the fallen egg and sperm of Adam and woman back in Genesis and the original garden. They're his. He can do whatever he wants to with them. Kill them. Eat them alive. Sacrifice them. Sell them to business. They're his. The physical body. The spirit in there, he also claims it. And some of them are not worthy. They don't have the right genes. They're not from the right sources. They're not going to be a part of the one world government under Satan. They are disposable. And every time he does this, he knows he stabs the heart of this loving God who's trying to help people his way. God cares for those little innocent ones, those little spirits in there. Pastor Deborah, do you know, was given the gift to go inside the womb of a woman knowing that the child would be aborted for whatever reasons. I dedicate it to the Lord. I wrap that little spirit up. And I hold it as death is coming. Sometimes God has sent me there to take the child out so it will not be born into Satan's family.
and horribly abused. And God will allow me to defeat Satan through the death, taking the little spirit out. You know, there's some babies we hear called sudden infant death, I think, Sid. They find them in the morning. They're just dead. They don't know what happened. Sometimes the babies themselves desire to go because they hear about it in the womb. Mm -hmm. You need to know that a heavenly father, the father, the Lord of the kingdom of heaven, and Pastor Deborah, and many others of this kingdom, this country, love you. You are worth helping, saving, trying to reach. Oh, people are trying to do it in the natural by giving you food, clothes, maybe medicine and surgery, houses. They're trying through government, sort of. But the leaders are corrupt. Most of the leaders do not even believe in this Lord and helping people his way. The way of the spirit, the way of the unseen, outside of the realm of the flesh and the natural. That's where Pastor Deborah works. And you need to know that he loves you spiritually. He wants you in his family. He wants to be your father and mother through his words and his love. So how do you do that? You hear. You spiritually learn that you are loved. Number eight, you need to receive spiritual beauty for your ashes of death. You have been burned by ignorance, controlled and put on the altars of sacrifice. You live as a slave in the dirt and the miry clay and the muck. And the ick. You know that. Your physical body and your soul has horrible deeds it has done to itself, to others, to little children. You know that. You know what you do to other people like your wife or your women, children, animals. Some people believe their only way is to eat animals. And they live outside of the realm of this loving God. And you need some beauty in your life. You don't know what it is. You don't know where to get it. But you're covered in dirt and muck. And just a horrible deformed creature. The worst thing you could ever think of. Fire coming out of you. Ugly. Spiritually. Tell you a story. I had a young man. He was born to be a minister. Of Satan's word. Maybe a, a great pastor. Teacher. University professor. He was born with demonic spirits. That made him a flame of fire. When he was born. He had a physical body. It wasn't on fire. But his spirit was all fire. When he looked at himself. He had no hands. No arms, no head. He didn't even have a mouth. He had a voice. Because he was to be a flame of fire. Which is a biblical statement that God said, I make my ministers a flame of fire. Satan took that and said, okay, 
I will put demons in this baby. He'll be a minister. He'll serve me. Might be a high priest. Don't know. Could be a teacher. Could be a leader of a nation, a government. And what happened was he came to me through another young lady on the phone. And all I could see in front of me spiritually through the gift of discerning of spirits was a flame of fire. You will see the story on the website of Agape Love. Love is here called the, the Flames of Fire. And this young man was talking to me and challenging me. And I said to him, Would you like the flames gone? He said, You can't take them away. I was born with them. I am a flame of fire. I have no body. You have to be very careful when you say, I am something. Because we learn later on from this Lord, as you think, believe, and say in your mind and heart, I am. I am a victim. I am this. So he said, I am a flame of fire. And I was born with him. And I agreed with him. I said, yes, you were. Because I knew they were demons. And I said, would you like them gone? He says, you can't take them away. But I knew the Father's heart. He was going to help him the Lord's way. He was going to do deliverance work. Because he had heard this young man's voice cry out, I wish I had a body. I had some beauty like other spirits. Because all he ever saw and knew he had no hands, no feet, no just flames. And he had cried out in deep moans when he was young. He wanted to be like the other spirits with a body. God heard those cries, those moans, those thoughts. Heard his deep mourning that needed comforting. He saw that his mind was nothing but ashes, dirt, hopeless. So here I am with this young man on the phone. Through a lady named Candy. That's another story. And I said, it is no problem for my father, the God of the kingdom of heaven, to take those away. He says, no, he can't. No, he can't. So I said, dear father, you know this young one's heart. Fulfill Isaiah 61. Give me a beauty for these ashes and these flames. Father, take the demons away. And the young man is going, stop, stop, stop. He was afraid, but God knew his heart that in the quiet moments when he was not fearful, he wanted a body. So I kept praying, Father, do your work that only you can do. Remove the flames of fire in the name of Jesus. Right before me, they were gone. What was that? The devils, the demons of the flames of fire were cast out. And what stood before me, he had his eyes closed, he had a body. Beautiful, crystal clean body. Light was shining out like through a diamond and through rubies and sapphires. It was beautiful. I said to him, open your eyes, little one. He goes, no, no, I'm afraid. Open your eyes. And look, he opened his eyes, started crying. He said, I have a face. I have hands. I have feet. 
I'm beautiful. Yes, you are, little one. I said, do you want the demons of the flames of fire back? No, I don't. Then they won't come back. And he was crying, and I was crying, and God was crying. I had helped a spiritual being the Lord's way, doing deliverance. But I had to have knowledge and education. I gave him beauty for his ashes, his mourning. He found the love. He went off as happy as ever. All of you need that. You need deliverance work. You need to be comforted. You need to have beauty for your ashes. Your ashes are what's represented of your losses. You've been mourning for something you don't know what. This young man knew he didn't have a body, and he didn't. He was just flames. And he wanted to be like other people. And God helped him his way for the spirit to have beauty for his ashes. He became a new and glorious beautiful creature with God's light shining out of it. You need that too. Number nine, you need to have your spiritual lamp, your spiritual mind, the candle that's in there. It's been empty. There's no oil for light, knowledge, or wisdom. The only thing coming up is foul, dirty, dark ick the light that there is a burning sulfurous smoky flame it's just smoke there's no pure and clean light coming out of your lamp out of your spirit it's just a smoking wick there's no flame it's just putrid the the candle is hardly even got a shape to it there's no oil to burn There's no light. There's no revelations coming into you, shining a little pathway. There's no spiritual beauty shining out to you. When that young man's flames were gone, his candle was lit, rays of light shined out through his glorious new spiritual body. He was like, If you had a white diamond and you shined the sunlight through it, glistening, glittering in all the colors of the rainbow, you too need that. Number 10, the spirit needs a new garment, new clothes over its body. It needs this new covering because you've been wearing clothes in a body of heaviness, loneliness, hopelessness. That's what that young man in the flames of fire story, he felt hopeless. He was weary, saddened, mourning. Those were his clothes of his spirit, of his emotions. He couldn't even stand up in his thoughts, didn't know who he was, lived in fear. All that is heaviness to the spirit. It cannot stand up in righteousness and say, I am a beautiful creature. Can't do it. So it is bent over. Eyes looking down. Afraid if it looks up, it'll be beaten. 
it has no strength in it. The clothes are heavy and laden with slavery and oppression. They smell of death. Yeah, on your spirit. Yeah, a lot of you need to take a bath. Yeah. Why do you think most people want perfume and they love fragrances? There's an odor coming from their spirit, out through their soul, and out through their physical body. And they don't want to smell it. They don't know how to get rid of it. They don't know what perfume to wear for the spirit. They don't know what clothes the spirit's even wearing. Some people, because of multiple personalities, have different personalities that are naked. Mm-hmm. So you need some new clothes. You need some new garments. You need a new spirit to put your new clothes on. It wouldn't do any good to put new clothes on a dirty spirit. Or put a new clean spirit back into dirty clothes. Mm -mm. Helping people the Lord's way is to help you have a new body that's clean and pure. And put new clothes on you. New garments that are filled with light and righteousness and beauty and glory. You need to get a crown on your head that's beautiful. You need a signet ring that designates you as a mighty ruler. You need to have the garments where you can praise. You can have joy and happiness, peace, radiant light shining out of you. And your fragrance is sweet. Did you know that Satan can smell you? He is an animal creature. I've talked to him many a times through people. I've seen his eyes of hate through husband, through other people. Do you know when you are of this Lord that loves to help people his way? You get this fragrance, a perfume about you that Satan can smell. And it's a stench up his nose. Because it's filled with glory and royalty and beauty and fragrance and anointing and cleanliness. Because if you've ever smelled death and demons... They are sulfury, sickly, just heaviness. It's just powerful heaviness, darkness. You can feel it and see the contrast when you have a high pressure versus a low pressure in the weather. In low pressures, it's heavy, pressing you down. But in a high pressure, things feel different. So you need new clothes to put on a new body. Number 11. The spirit, you need a new name, a new nature, a new identity, a new essence. You need to have what Satan created you for to be destroyed. And for God, who helps people his way, to give you that newness of name, nature, and essence. And you need a new father 
You need to be in a new land, a new culture, than where you have been. God says, I want to make you something new that's never been created before, that's beautiful, that's a brand new creation. Then I want to take you spiritually inside your body, plant you, put you back on planet Earth, leave you here. And I want you to grow and develop into a mighty pillar, a tree that produces fruit, shining light, truth, concepts, culture out of you that others may see me and my kingdom and how I help people. He says, I want to give you as a gift to humanity. I want you to be a garden of fruit and light to the world, of healing and deliverance. When I helped that young man with the flames of fire, he was picking fruit from me. He was tasting and seeing the light and the love I carried of this God to say that he is good. I'm to carry and bear the fruit of my new creature status, my new clothes, my healing, and let it all shine out and say, it was the making of the Lord. He helped me. I am the fruit of him. He's put me here to help you spiritually. And he'll call you a tree of his righteousness, his relationship, planted on the earth for all to see him. You are to produce out of yourself fruit, knowledge, wisdom, understanding. You are to be able to help shade and comfort people out of your life. So he calls you a tree. So you need to be planted. Number 12. The spirit needs to have its old waste of its spirit he calls them cities. And in that city, there's temples and cha- chambers and roads and fort. It all needs to be cleaned up. Your soul represents a mess. He says you need to have all that desolation. It's been a wilderness. It needs cleaning. Mm-hmm. So he needs to do a lot of work in you. And he says we need to rebuild new concepts in you, new precepts, ideas, thoughts, culture, beliefs for all the old that your spirit had and that your soul had. Uh He says you've been a mess in your thinking, in your believing, in your understanding. You've had no knowledge, no light, no truth. We need to clean all that up. How does that happen? Through reading the word, through deliverance work, through coming to the garden, watching videos, reading his word, teaching, teaching, learning, learning, taking tests to see if you can pass. Mm -hmm. Number 13. 
He says you, little ones, need you need to raise up, rebuild out of this darkness and ignorance, new foundations. He said, All that old foundations, take it away. We're going to build some new ones in this new spirit, this new creature, like that new young man. All those thoughts that those flames gave him, those demons. Mm -hmm. We need some new foundations, new ideas, new concepts and ideas for you to build up on that can sustain you during tests and trials. Like when Pastor Deborah had scissors coming down in her own home. My foundations were deep in the love of God, his protection. And I was ready to die if necessary. And I was not afraid of death anymore. You need those kind of deep foundations rebuilt into your life. You will need to have many parts of your thoughts healed. New things rebuilt from these new deep foundations. Your spirit has been living in a wilderness. There's been no living water, no food. And what you have is just putrid. It's lies. It's deceptions. It doesn't help you. We hear it a lot when we listen on the news. Politicians, leaders, they say one thing, they live another. We just, it's a mess. So he says, in helping people his way, the Lord's way, we need to do a lot of work in you. And you've been in a wilderness where there's no truth. And you need to be in an area where there's living water and trees and grasses. You need a shepherd to help guide you to those places where you can freely rest, grow, and eat. This is the Lord of Isaiah 61. And these are his desires of his heart. And he is telling you through Isaiah 61, I need to give you a new name. You need to be healed and delivered spiritually. And then when that happens, I want to call you my royal priest. A king, that's the royal part, who is a priest unto me. On behalf of humanity. The king part. Is when I give the demons. Orders. Be gone. Bind that up. That's the king. But when I pray unto the Lord. For his purposes. He desires for you. To be a king. Who is a priest. Unto him. So as I was saying. When I am praying to the Lord for you, for him to fulfill his word, that's the priest part. When I bind up things, speak to the devils, speak to the demonics, I'm the king. So he needs, he says, when you get this new body, these new garments, the ring, the staff, the crown, the orb, you sit on your throne. You must become both of these to me. A king of a royal priesthood. Then he says, he says from Isaiah 61. 
He's going to feed you what the Gentiles eat. Freedom, identity, rulership, dignity, honor, ownership, and so much more. You won't know this, but I have been working through Isaiah 61, where he is telling you how I'm going to help people my way, the Lord's way. Pastor Deborah had to learn this. Over and over I read Isaiah 61. I looked up the words, the scripture references. So let's see if we can finish this out. He says, I want to spiritually help you receive a double portion of joy and honor and glory and light for your confusion and all of your loss. To spiritually give and bless your seed, your words. My words to you are the seeds of his fruit. A lot of people, he says, your children. He doesn't understand. My children are what I have produced as a tree of righteousness. The words that I speak to you. But it can also mean your earthly biological children he says i want to bless them and for generations after generations from the kingdom of heaven to the gentiles so he is saying i want your words pastor deborah you're a tree of righteousness to me grow the fruit i desire let your seeds from that fruit go forth be sent out and grow more trees of righteousness And those seeds, you guys, will grow and develop and send out more seeds, more words of truth and light and love. But it can also mean the biological child. He's got some great things for you, helping you his way. And Pastor Deborah had to learn how to do it his way, not the way of the world, of mental health counseling, not the way of religion in many religions you just are a robot you don't think for yourself you don't ask any questions you don't do any research you don't ask anything you just memorize it repeat it and that's it it's all in the flesh you stay in darkness and ignorance spiritually He says, I want your seed, your words of light, freedom, and deliverance. They're your children to be blessed by the Lord, that your words give life to others. He wants me to become a life-giving spirit. My spirit gives you life. I'm not the life. I give it to you. I freely speak it to you. It travels in my words. It's in the seed, in the words. It's in my life. He says, I want your words to be like that, to give freedom and healing, deliverance, rays of hope, love and joy and peace. Now, a lot of people would think that would be your children biologically. A lot of them don't turn out so well. My brother didn't turn out well. A lot of our family are flesh creatures. They're creatures of the night. Yeah. They're strange to us. Is that the seed he's talking about? No. He's talking about your words, your life, 
to be a tree that produces seeds, that words that come out to you spiritually. The spiritual helpmate, the soul, and our physical body shall be joyful at the current time your soul does not turn to God of the Bible. might turn to other gods, but it really don't like. It just does religion. But he wants your soul to turn to this heavenly Father. Be joyful in this God. Be aware of him and praise him to the Spirit. The Lord, in helping you his way, that Pastor Deborah had to learn, desires to clothe you in the eternal clothes, the garments spiritually of salvation from death, from your losses, from your heaviness, from your iniquity and transgression, from the darkness, from slavery and oppression, from your bondage, and from the marriage of your spirit to your soul. Because when the spirit disobeyed the commandment, well, long, long time ago, one of our ancestors, Adam, the spirit lost the Holy Spirit, the eggs and the sperm in him and woman were totally genetically altered. No light, no eternal, and the physical body began decaying. And he says, I want to put a stop to that through this newness of helping you my way. And the soul's lust of its flesh, the lust of its eyes, and the pride of life became the covering the clothes that covered over the spirit. When the spirit looked out, it looked out through the eyes of the soul. Nobody knew any light and darkness. And he says, I want to free you of that. I want to give you a Hebrews 4.12, a divorce, a separation, a spiritual circumcision from your soul. I cannot work with you that way. I'll try, but it's usually a failure. So he says, you need a Hebrews 4.12. You need to receive the spirit gift of eternal life, the Holy Spirit. You need a new light inside of you. I want to tell you a story, how I understood this. We were, I was doing a lot of deliverance work. And we had this one young lady named Dawn. She grew up in multi-generational Satanism. We did a lot of work. I was on a team. But years and years went by and God said, I'm not finished with her. I go, okay. Do you want me to go to Baton Rouge? I think that's where she lives. Don't know if Dawn's her real name. Don't know what church she's at. But I'll go by myself, stay in a hotel, contact her. That's the only way I knew how to do deliverance was in the presence of the person physically. So I'm driving on my car on an interstate. And he said, I'm not finished with her. I go, what do I do? Now this is dealing with the eternal life, the Holy Spirit. He revealed to me the one last demonic spirit that was inside of her. It was a deep, unholy 
eternal spirit of darkness that took the place of the Holy Spirit. And he needed it cast out of dawn. So I prayed. Now he was also going to do a work in children and many other people from multi-generational Satanists to get rid of this unholy eternal light of darkness from Satan. It was not Satan himself. It was his spirit that was inside the spirit of dawn. The song came on. And I see all these people dancing up in the throne room of God to the song. They had all been set free of this eternal light. And this life, this bondage of this unholy spirit of Satan inside of them. Because God says, I want to give you my spirit. So Satan said, that's the pattern. He wants his spirit in you. I'll put my spirit in you. These people were born with them. And this spirit, God says, of the righteous God, says this spirit will also have the spirit of his son in you. And it's called the Christ. And the Christ will help your spirit to cry out and say, Abba, Father. And you will receive the kingdom of heaven. So this one spirit, this eternal spirit of life, would bring in the spirit of Christ that helps your spirit to have that relationship in a father-child relationship. And that you would receive the kingdom, the land, the country of heaven so satan says that's the pattern i will put my unholy spirit in my kids and they will be just like god's kids or what he hopes to happen so god says you need some help so helping people the lord's way is to dislodge the kingdom of darkness inside of you to dislodge the unholy spirit that's inside of you and for your spirit to cast out that spirit of the son of Satan and to give you a new spirit that calls the father of creation the Lord of the Bible Abba, Father Wow Helping people the Lord's way is a tremendous, powerful, deep, spiritual work. And I am here to tell you, it is free. It costs you nothing. It was all paid for by a young man on a cross. The doors are open, the way is ready. But the Heavenly Father, this Lord, that taught Pastor Deborah how to do this, waits For your spirit to freely want this. He won't violate you. He won't force it on you. He won't force you to give up anything. That young man in the flames. Even though he was fearful and afraid. I knew he had already told God. 
He wanted a body. We were not violating his free will. We were working through his fear. We were not letting his fear of Satan, of deliverance and freedom to stop us. His heart had already been made up, but he did not believe he could be free and that there was a power that could ever free him. He did not know this love. He did not know how to be free. So if you desire any of these gifts, they are yours. You don't have to beg. You don't have to do anything. He already says, I give it freely. You don't have to do jihad. You don't have to go to the mosque six times a day. You don't have to bow and read scriptures. You don't have to serve the poor. You don't have to do anything spiritually. We're working with you spiritually. There's there's hope. The fruit is here. The gift is being spoken about. Let's help you if you want it. Father, for those who speak to you in their hearts, fulfill Isaiah 61. Help people your way. Send forth your love. Send forth your word that you said you watch over and you sent your word to heal them. Father, fulfill your word. Let your word do the work. In the name of Jesus. All right. I see God is working with most of you. Just stay still. And I'm going to leave you with him. And I will see you again in the next lesson of helping people the Lord's way. Love all of you. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually the Lord's way for many, many years. Come again, watch another one, and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at Agape Love is Here dot org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.